You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. What a day. I tell you, we had church in the back this morning. Pastor, we had 12 and they were all quick and changing and we went over and making sure that they all knew Jesus and and uh, he was still going strong and uh, man, I just opened up for testimony back there and I said, anybody got a testimony and Mark Berlin shared his testimony and and then it just started, it was just rapid fire after that. But you know what the greatest thing was out of every testimony was the love of of this church. Cooper, a young man, he said, man, I've been in all kinds of stuff. Never really accepted. But whenever I got here, I, I talked to Pastor Michael on the phone and, and I came and he said, man, there's just so much love. Bo's sitting back there and he said, man, I've been six months clean and it's all because of Jesus. But this church has accepted me and they love me, and it just continued to flow in that way. So I want to give you a hand clap of praise because it's your love. It's the love of Christ that's in you that make everybody accepted, and that's what the church is all about. Amen? Amen. Tonight, the title is Judge Not or You Will Be Judged. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. If you will, stand with me for reading the God's Word. It says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but consider not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for your word. And Father, I pray tonight, Lord God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to just flow in this place, Lord God. Father, I pray that you give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, Lord God. And Father, if there's anything that you want freshly dropped, drop it in. And Father, I ask your blessing upon it in the name of Jesus. And amen. You may be seated. So judge not or you will be judged. Has anyone ever judged anyone? Why did you judge them? Was it their height? Was it their weight? Was it their clothing? Was it their jewelry? Was it their disability? What made me gather an opinion about somebody and judge them wrongly? Too often we judge others by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions. Max Licato, a well-known Christian author, He's at the airport. He's going to Texas for a conference. It's one of my favorite testimonies that I like to share with Max. And I, I, reading in his book, he's talking, he sees, he sees his family all dressed in black. And they're gothic. And they're tattooed up. And, he, and he's already formed this opinion that they need prayer. And he's able to sit beside of the daughter on the plane. And he says, where are you going? You know, that's the first question everybody asks whenever you sit down beside of a stranger. Where are you going? What are you doing? You're going home or you're going out for vacation? She said, and the book says, with an excitement in her voice, I'm going to a Max Lakato conference. And Max at that very moment realized 
that it was himself that he needed to pray for. We're too quick to judge everybody that comes to the door. Whether they're sharp dressed, poorly dressed, we all judge quickly. Amen? That's just Max. But I'm sure that none of you have ever judged quickly. Listen, there's a lot of scripture tonight, but this is what the Lord gave me. Whenever I prayed and asked, he gave me Matthew 7. So, for with what measure you judge, it will be measured back to you. So, let's look at 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 6. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he, brought, which he bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. Listen, as a shepherd boy growing up, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like having a little lamb. You, you, you put some milk in that bottle, huh? Boone's shaking his head. He knows all about it. You, you put some milk in that bottle. You put a nipple on that thing. Their tail's not docked yet, and you hold it down there, and that tail's going 100 miles per hour. They're so happy that you're feeding. This, this man, his family is taking this, this, this lamb in. It's so precious and so valuable. It's the pet. He's able to hold it against his bosom. It just trusts him. It just relaxes, right? And he, it's like a daughter to him, it says. And there came a traveler unto the rich man. And he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was to come to him. So this rich man said, my herd, my sheep are too good. I'm going to go steal the poor lamb. I'm going to slay it open. I'm going to dress it nicely. I'm going to feed this rich man. And we're going to have a good time. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that has done this thing shall surely die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. King David is intently listening to Nathan. And he's saying, what people? In my land has done this. He's upset. He's, he's believing that this story is about his people. King David is about to get justice for the poor guy. Exodus 22 and 1, it tells us that if a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or steal it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox, four sheep for a sheep. So that is why King David said fourfold sheep will be returned. He's getting justice for the poor man by the law. But King David, he doesn't realize his very stern words, his very angry words, his very hard words that this man will surely die has cursed himself. King David is the king and he wants justice for this man. But what King David doesn't realize is that this story is about King David. King David is the rich man with many herds, many flocks, many wives, many concubines. Bathsheba is the lamb. And Uriah is the poor man. King David doesn't realize that it's all about him. King David stayed home. We all know the story, but we'll go over it just in case you don't. King David stayed home from the war. And he goes out on his rooftop and he sees Bathsheba bathing, looking sinfully with intent. 
He asked his servant, who is, who is that woman? That's Bathsheba. That's Uriah's wife. It tells us that King David sent for her. And he takes her into his house and he lays with her. And then he does a great thing. He helps her purify herself and then he sends her home, right? But she conceives and she sends word back to David, I'm pregnant. So then King David plots a way to kill Uriah and take Bathsheba as his wife and to have the child. King David's lost his mind in all this that's going on. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Remember, for what measure you judge, it will be measured back to you. So when King David heard the story, the man robbing the poor man, he said, surely this man will die. He judged him immediately. We move on to 2 Samuel 12 and 13 and 14. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. He realized everything that's going on. He realized he's judging himself. I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also has put away the sin that thou shalt not die. What a relief that came up on David. What a relief to say, thank you, Lord God, for your mercy. But it goes further. It goes, how be it because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. What it means is because of your unfaithfulness to me, all the people think that it's okay to be unfaithful. And God is a God, a just God. He's full of mercy, but he's a just God. He says, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. In the manner that King David measured the king, the rich man, it was being paid back to him. Don't judge. Moving on, Matthew 7 and 3. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but consider not the beam that is in thy own eye? Let's go to John 8, 3 through 11. Jesus is in the temple teaching. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. When they had set her in the midst. Why are the Pharisees and the scribes going around, around town looking for an adulterous woman? First question, right? They say unto the master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Next question I got, why were they watching? Why were they not in the temple learning what Jesus has to teach? But they are trying to trip up our master. Now Moses in the law commands us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus, but Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he had not heard them. So they, when they continued asking him, he stood up. And said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. He's telling them, he's asking them, which one of you is sinless? Which one of you don't have a beam in your own eye? And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted of their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst. Man, being convicted. When, we're, when we got that relationship or when Jesus is in the room and we've done wrong, that conviction starts to come upon us. Our conscience can't deal with it. And they start dropping their stone one by one. And they start leaving eldest to the youngest. But the saddest thing about that, they shouldn't have just dropped their stone and walked out. 
They should have dropped their stone and walked towards Jesus and asked for forgiveness. They should have walked with their man. I know they don't recognize him as the Messiah, but he was teaching such great word and such great measure of manna that, that they just departed. They started separating themselves, thinking that they were a little bit better than God Almighty. Their own conscience convicted them. Listen, capital punishment by stoning a person to death was lawful. Exodus 19 and 13 tells you that. But if you wanted to take it any further, if you wanted to go to trial, if you were tried and condemned, it was by execution. They would take the sinner, the accusers would take the sinner up on the platform of 10 to 12 feet and they would shove them off. Imagine this. Your accusers are now performing the act of murder because of your accusations, because of your sin. The accusers that caught her, whenever they pushed her off, if she didn't die immediately, they were the first to have to stone her before the crowd could jump in and stone her. When Jesus had lifted himself up and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those that, that thine accusers? Has no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Don't take it the wrong way. Jesus isn't approving adultery. Jesus didn't take it up on himself to be the judge. Since none of the accusers condemned her, he wasn't going to execute the law of Moses because that's not what he came to do. He came to seek and save those which were lost. He came to seek and save the very sinner that she was. If Jesus would have judged her, they would have accused him of blasphemy because they didn't recognize him as, as God. This is why Jesus forgives us and anyone. That's why he just asks us to repent. God is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus came to save mankind, not to kill, steal, and destroy, which is what the Pharisees and the scribes were trying to do. They were trying to tempt him to realize that it wasn't her fault. She was a sinner saved by grace in the very moment. Not judged by Jesus, but forgiven. He judged adultery and he didn't condemn her. He said, sin no more. Matthew 7 and 4, or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye and behold a beam is in thine own eye. Why do we focus on the splinter that's in our brother's eye? When we have a log stuck out of our own eye, we can't even see what's going on because we got such a great beam in our own eye. But we like to concentrate on that small thing that Pastor Reader does wrong. Instead of concentrating on the large things that I do wrong. Why do we do that? Because we judge others by actions and not our, in our own self by our intentions. I wouldn't have done it that way. No offense, Pastor Reader. I love you. I don't see you doing anything wrong. But why do we concentrate on the small thing? Luke 13, 10 through 17. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could no wise lift herself. Can you imagine that? You're in a synagogue. A woman is just bowed over. Whenever I read this, I think of Judy Fleece all the time. And it breaks my heart. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from mine infirmity. 
And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. This is Jesus' major violation with the religious elite. What a crime. What a sin. Jesus healed somebody on the Sabbath day. He healed me on the Sabbath day. He brought me under salvation. He brought you under salvation. He still does it today. It's still some of the religious elite of the old times have such a hard time with Jesus doing miracles. He broke a church rule for the good of a woman and was judged for it. Verse 15, the Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, does each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to water? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? Don't get so religious that you start judging people whenever they come in through the door. I, I know that Richard comes through the door, one of our homeless guys, and I know that everybody gets a little bit tight, but we got to love on him. I see Mike Clark just love on him and rap, and, he, and you know why Mike Clark does that? He does that for your comfort so that you will see the safety that it is all right to love this man. Listen, you got so many security wrapped around watching him. They're ready to pounce at any given moment if he would get out of line. But Mike wraps his arms around this man so everybody can see the love of Christ and say, it's okay. But we're all quick to judge. Listen, and you think this is funny. It's not. I've been called whenever he walks out of here with bags of food. I've had phone calls. Hey, do you realize that this man's walking out? Yes, I do. We're loving on him. We're blessing him with a little bit of food. You know what I'm saying? We judge too quickly. And this is real. We judge too quickly. This woman bowed over for 18 years and God loosed her. Killed her completely, instantly. And they judged, the religious elite judged and condemned our Lord and Savior. Judged him quickly. But when, they, when he had said these things about them taking their oxes and their donkeys to get water... Mm. They were ashamed, but all those who loved the Lord, all those who saw the goodness, they rejoiced with Jesus. But those that were in charge, they judged him. They judged him quickly because he could do something that they couldn't. Don't judge anybody. God's given us all different gifts. Don't judge us because it doesn't come the way that you think it's going to come. Just trust in Jesus and things will work out the way that they need to. When we judge others, we should be ashamed. And that's all I got to say about that. Matthew 7 and 5. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Jesus tells us not to be a hypocrite, He tells us not to judge others. We've walked in the same manner. We've walked in somewhere close, but we, we forget how so fast that we forget we've been saved for so long. Man, listen, listen to Bo talk six months sober today. I'm 14 years sober. I told him I was proud of him. See, we got to expose ourselves 
not judge somebody. We got to expose ourselves. We got to open up our hearts to be vulnerable, to say, I'm proud of you, man. I've been there and I know that you can do this. I know that you can keep walking this walk because God is with you every step. Big Cooper who said, man, you know, I was ashamed of myself. My my parents, I ain't got a good relationship. And, And we were just able to say, with God, all things are possible. This internal change that's taking place in your heart right now where you're going to get baptized and, and you're just making this public, confe- public confession. All things are just going to start working for your good. Relationships are going to be healed. Things are going to be restored. Why? Because it's encouraging just to encourage a brother and sister. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to judge. Who are we to judge anybody? I struggled in sin. Most of us did. Those that, those that have walked straight and narrow most of their lives because of mama teaching them, man, I applaud you. I applaud you greatly because that is hard. This is hard. It's not an easy walk. It is not easy at all. And we judge every brother and sister that, that trips up and, and falls. We, we judge too quickly. And we shouldn't. We should help them, pick them back up, pull them back up, get back on their feet, pray with them. We don't know what they're going through. Man, everybody that walks through those doors on a Sunday morning, we have no clue what's going on in their lives. We don't even know if their husband and wife have argued all, the, all morning long coming to church because they couldn't dress the kid properly because he wanted to wear different shoes and socks. And, and the dad says, no, we're not going to go like that. And the mom, come on, we're just going to go to church. And they argue. We don't know what takes place. But we judge so quickly. Whenever we just need to love and open up our hearts and allow God to be seen through us. Amen. Many of Jesus' teaching is how to build our relationship and maintain our relationship with God. But if we concentrate, it's also how we main, maintain and build our relationship with others. In Christ, knowing God and being a God chaser should be our highest priority in life. But we also need to have personal friendships and fellowship. It tells us, forsake not the assembling together so that we can grow together, so that we can hear what the shepherd has to say. Amen. As God forgave us of our sins, we have to forgive others of their sins against us. We have to adapt and adopt a prayer of forgiveness for others in our lives. Man, I, I listen to people and they're hurt. And we pray a releasing that God would take those things from us. You know, I, I pray releasing over my life because there's many things that I do wrong still as a dad. And I see my dad coming through me and I, 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 I keep praying every day. God, release me from that because I can, I can just see some of the stupidness, the foolishness that my dad did with me. And I try not to do it. My, my goal in life was to be a better father and a, a better husband and a better dad all the time. But I still see myself making those foolish mistakes I saw my father make. And I try not to judge what he did. I just try to make myself better. And I ain't trying to judge anybody here. I just want to make you better. Because that's my heart, to make us all better. Conflicts come and go in relationships. Refrain from judging during those conflicted times. Ask the Lord to examine your own heart. King David said, Psalms 51, 10 and 11, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. 
when we ask God to examine our own heart and the Holy Spirit convicts us of things, we have to respond to that conviction. We don't just pray and ask for that and then walk away from it going, man, I heard you, but I can't, I can't do that. Now, see, we, we pray and we ask for that clean heart and that new spirit and not to be taken from his presence and, and that you don't pull the Holy Spirit from me. That's so that we can walk renewed in strength, renewed in righteousness, so that we feel a conviction, so that we have that relationship, so that we're able to forgive others. We're able to establish relationships and walk in truth, in spirit and truth. Amen? James 2 and 13, it says, For he shall judge, for he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy. And mercy rejoices against judgment. Instead of being a hypocrite and casting judgment, cast love, cast mercy. Instead of slandering and gossiping, instead of slamming a brother and sister, pray for them. In closing tonight, 1 Thessalonians 2 and 12, that you walk worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. Walk worthy of God. Walk worthy of your calling. Many of us sitting here, you may not know what your calling is. But I can tell you, whenever we walk worthy of God, we're walking in the spirit of love. It's all in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We walk in love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I had a talk with Pastor this week, and I exposed myself to him. I said, I need a spirit of gentleness because whenever I talk to people, I feel like I'm rough. I even exposed myself to Pastor Reed on Thursday morning. I, I said, I need a spirit of gentleness. I, I watched Pastor Kerry this morning operate in there and I thought, Lord, I want to have that gentleness. I want to have that spirit of gentleness. I'm asking God to help me change because I, I don't want to come off rough. And I do. It's, it's not that I ain't got a huge heart of love, but I just, I grew up rough. Man, you grow up with, with 10 other siblings, you grow up rough. And most of them, they, they treated you wrong. They didn't do you right. And they led you down wrong paths. So you became rough. You talked rough. Whenever you're in management business and fast food, you learn to be a little bit rough. I'm judging myself. I'm examining my own heart. Say, man, I, I just I want to be real with you, God. But I need a heart, Lord, that, that opens up gentleness to where I don't come off like I'm judging people. Because there's times that I feel like that's what they get out of me. And I'm not. Not at all. But I just want a gentle spirit that I can walk worthy of my calling. Because I think as a good shepherd, you got to have gentleness. I believe I share that with everybody that I, that I visit. But there's times in conversations where I feel like I'm rough around the edges. And I don't try to be. And that's judging my own self. Galatians 6 and 10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to some. No. It says, let us do good to all, 
especially to those that are of the household of faith. Do good to others. When given the opportunity, do good for others. Cindy and I got blessed on Friday. Church family, three families came together and brought us lasagna, salad, breadsticks, and dessert. They, they waited because of Cindy's brother's passing. And they called earlier in the week and they said, hey, Friday, can we bring you something? And, you know, the, the first week, <laughs> the first week that Jay passed, Cindy denied everybody. Don't bring me no dinner. It was Trevor and I were sitting there on the couch going, what do you mean? Let him bring dinner. Let him bring dinner. She's like, we don't need dinner. I'm like, you let him bring dinner. You know, so we got back and finally she's like, yeah, bring dinner, right? That's, what, that's the opportunity that we have. That's, that's full circle for Cindy Caton. Because she takes opportunity Many of you may not know it, but she takes an opportunity where she'll cook her famous noodles and she'll wrap them up in a, in a styrofoam box and she'll say, you are loved on it. And then she goes, take it to whoever you want. And I leave it with five boxes and I bless people, right? But that's her ministry, just coming back full circle to her that people in the body of Christ are taking the opportunity to good, do good for her. That's what we're called to do. Listen, when we do good for other brothers and sisters in Christ, this makes God Almighty happy. He looks down, he smiles at it. That's my people. Being doers of the word of God, not just hearers. Being doers because he does great things for us. And the more great things that we do that glorifies his kingdom, the more great things that he's going to pour out upon you, and the more your relationship's going to grow, the more opportunity that he gives you. See, we already stopped judging. We're walking in opportunities now, right? Because we're no longer judging people. That's what God calls us to do. Only the Lord God Almighty laid down his life for you and I. And it's only God that can continue to change us. It's at this place of exchange at the cross. Listen, don't judge. Don't slander us. Don't slam anybody. Just love as God loves us. Amen. If you keep your mind on Christ, you keep your mind up on the Lord he will keep you in perfect peace. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. If you never asked Jesus into your heart, today is the day of salvation. Man, what an exciting day it's been to watch salvations, to watch baptism, to watch membership. But what about your own heart? Tonight, I'd ask you to examine it. Are you right with Jesus? Only you and God know that. Is there any here tonight that would say, Pastor, I need Jesus as the Lord of my life? If that's you, I'd encourage you to raise your hand. Is there one? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 